Welcome to Wing Chun Talk. Wing Chun Talk podcast is dedicated to talking all things Wing Chun. Your host, Sean Benson, has the pleasure of sitting down with other Wing Chun practitioners from around the world. If you are interested in Wing Chun or want to connect with other Wing Chun practitioners, then this podcast is for you. Sit back and enjoy Wing Chun Talk. All right. Welcome to Wing Chun Talk episode number 12. Thank you so much for being here. If you are here for the first time, please make sure to check out all the previous episodes. If you're back for another listen, uh, sit tight. We got another special guest with me today. Um, I have Alexander Lee, who is trained for the past 10 or 12 years here in the Sum G lineage. So I'm going to get his story and uh, dig into to some of his lineages, how, uh, how it's broken down and how they train in that, uh, in that lineage there. So welcome, Alexander. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Hi, guys. How's it going? Great. I'm, uh, I'm glad you uh, have a moment here to, to, to share with me and I uh, appreciate you doing this. So thanks again. All right. No problem. So usually, yeah, just jump right in. Don't give anybody really time to, to start thinking, but I uh, want to just jump into your, your Wing Chun story. So tell us a little bit maybe how you got into Wing Chun initially and mm-hmm. what kept you going. Okay, so uh, like everybody else, uh, uh, at some stage you've, you've been idolizing Bruce Lee, so so did I. So um, as a kid, uh, I, was, I was watching all these Kung Fu movies, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Donnie Yen, blah, 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 you name it. And um, uh, I was living in Vancouver for a while, uh, between t- 1999 and uh, 2001, 2002. And uh, my uncle, uh, who was also a martial arts fanatic, has been uh, doing various kinds of martial arts. And ultimately, he found this lineage called Guangzhou Wing Chun. So, which is actually the Sam Nang Sam Ji lineage, which is what I'm practicing right now. And uh, he and I were really close. And so he thought that, oh, uh, I'm doing this style. So it's, uh, I, I find its theories really good. So I think I should let Alex know about it. So eventually he, he, he told me and he introduced this uh, whole new concept of Wing Chun. Because I, I did read some books on, on Yip Man lineage, but uh, never actually had the time or, or, or the connection to, to go meet a Sifu in, in the Yitman lineage. So until he introduced this to me and I was like, oh wow, it's a lot different from what I read. So, um, but it wasn't until 2008 that uh, I was actually introduced to my Sifu through uh, one of my peers from Vancouver who was actually living in Canada at the time. So uh, yeah, since 2008, I started training with my Sifu some D. Uh, sorry, Sam Geng, which is the son of Sam Ji. And uh, to be really specific, um, Sam Ji is actually the uncle of Sam Nang, coincidentally. So my Sifu is actually Sam Nang's cousin. Okay. Yeah, so Sam Nang is called, uh, he has a, 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 it has been offered the title the father of Guangzhou Wing Chun because he started the uh, Guangzhou Wing Chun Association back in 1989. And he was the first chairman of the association. So, uh, yeah, that was the lineage. And before him, 
uh, Sun Nang was uh, training under Yun Kei San. Mm. Yun Kei San was uh, uh, another legend himself. Uh, I, I think I've been posting quite a few articles in, in various Wing Chun forums on Facebook, so you can go read about him on my, uh, through my article. Mm-hmm. And before him, before him, he was uh, studying, he, uh, before Yun Kei San, sorry, to be specific. Um, he was training under a very famous county constable, Feng Xiuqing. So from him, Feng Xiuqing is, uh, has been, sorry, um, learning Wing Chun and some uh, Chinna techniques because, um, you know, county constable, which is very similar to um, police officer at that time. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, um, their joint. techniques were usually joint controls and joint catching and grabbing. So, nice. uh, yeah, he, and then he met um, further on. Okay, somehow it's really weird I'm saying this backwards, the lineage thing, but anyways. Let's find it. Feng Sifu is Huang uh, Boqin, whom met uh, Yin Wing Chun's husband through the Red Opera uh, Junk. One of the one of the big four that he uh, he met and trained. So um, it was from Fort Bochun that the double blades were were passed on. Okay, that's how our lineage takes. So, anyways, okay, and because uh, at some stage, um, uh, uh, Yim Wing Chun's husband Leung Bok To was a uh, uh, salt transporter. He, he, he used to, to, to be transporting salt to various provinces in, in China. And uh, at some stage, Fok Bo Chun was, um, was a pirate. Was it a pirate or, or, or one of those? Um, uh, I think it was a pirate. Yeah, mm-hmm. anyways. Mm-hmm. So, um, Lan Bok To uses the long staff because he was trained in, under the Shaolin before he, he, he taught, learned Wing Chun from his wife. And uh, Fok Boshin was using double blades. So uh, they met and they fought and they thought, oh, your, your blades were good. And he thought that, oh, your staff was good. So they mutually exchanged their te- uh, the techniques. And that's how uh, the system acquired both weapons, uh, or at least that's how our, our lineage say so. So uh, yeah, other lineage may have different history background on, on, on all the forms and, and weapons, but uh, yeah, that's the history. Wow. So, um, yeah, back to my lineage. Uh, so it's the Samnang to Samji and then to my Sifu Samgeng, who is also in Hong Kong right now. And uh, to give you a little bit more information about uh, our curriculum, uh, first off, uh, when we meet our Sifu, he'll uh, I think every school has it. You start with the like Yi Ma. That's the opening opening ceremony. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah the yeah. getting getting invited to the school. So yeah, uh, that's how we went. And uh, before learning anything else, we started with four basic punches. Okay. Uh, that's uh, the the normal uh, the straight punch. Yeah. We call it the meridian meridian punch, the Jin Choi, because that's how we learn our center line and where, where, where it's from, where it's at, and how it's applied to the body. And then 
moving along, we have the uh, the side punch. If I can just back up my camera a little bit, I think I'm not doing this right because I'm sitting down. Sure. So sure, sure. that's the. If okay. you can see my punch, it go it goes to the side. Yeah, and I'll explain. So and basically, it's coming from the side of your body. Um, yeah, and then we will we will do the June Ma turn and punch at that direction again. Okay, so you, you turn the ninety, or is that? Yeah, it's a ninety degree turn, and we do about ten or a dozen punches, and then we will switch to the opposite end. Oh, cool! So it it, it is to make sure that you you are comfortable and you're adjusted to your body rotating. Yeah, because uh, yeah, um, to us. Uh, when we turn to either side, it's the spinal cord and the pelvic bone combined as a unit to turn at, as a face, turning that way, sure. turning to an angle. And we will adjust, we will get our body used to doing that facing and turning mm. before moving to the third punch, which is the arrow punch, incorporating this movement with the step going to the direction of where you're punching. Ah, okay, okay. Then the fourth punch is a combination of both where we do a 180 degree turn, straight forward, straight forward. All right. Sorry, uh, yeah, my phone just rang, so I was interrupted. Yeah, so it's a 180 degree turn. So your body is, is turning. Here, let me just explain this for uh, people who are listening. So basically your body turns 180, but you're punching at um, a 90, I guess. Your, would that be, you're punching straight forward, but your body is rotating from a zero to a 180. I don't know how, how I could explain that the best, but. Uh, yes, that's right. You are absolutely correct to describe. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is, yeah. Okay. Cool, so. So after the four basic punches, we learn the, um, you know, the basic stuff, the Tan Bong Fo, moving on slowly into the, um, excuse me, the first one, so Xiu Lin Tao. Okay. We call it Xiu Lin Tao instead of Xiu Lin Tao. Uh, to most, Xiu Lin Tao uh, basically means a little idea form, but to us, it's called Xiu Lin Tao. It's spelled differently, pronounced differently, because to us, it means the beginning of a practice. Oh. So, yeah, so we call it Xiu Lin Tao because the first form is actually the first form of everything else. So sure. it's the, 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 the first thing that you do right. before, uh, during a practice. So it's Xiu Lin Tao. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then slowly moving on to, um, individual sansic drills, like uh, breaking down the uh, movements in within the ceiling, how, how to use them and how to, uh, how to incorporate them in, in actual combat. And then little sansics from the ceiling tau. And then slowly progressing to the second form, Changkyu and Beauty and so on and so forth. And then we have something called the Sakyi Sansik, which is in English, the 12 uh, separate drills. And these are uh, essentially the uh, essence derived from these three forms used in uh, non-Chi-Tao situations. After that, we will move on to the, uh, uh, sorry, during the, the three forms and the sciences and all that, we have uh, a Chi-Tao practice, which is broken down into two stages. 
And I think I've written that down in my article somewhere mm -hmm. uh, about my lineage on Facebook. So, Huyen Sao, the circling hands, is uh, the first step, which is to get to know how to use your Kyu Sao, your bridge arm, to feel the energy flow from the opponent or from your training partner in that sense. Mm -hmm. So, we do a rolling motion around the arm, inside and outside of your training partner. Okay. So once we get that down, we will move on to the second stage, which is the actual chi cell part, which is to feel the energy flow, the ex excessive energy flow when the movement changes, mm. like just like an ordinary chi cell from many other lineage. Mm. And we incorporate how to find an opening and how to defend when somebody usurps that opening from you. Mm. Yeah, and then moving on to the wooden dummy and the, uh, the weapons. And finally, after all that, we have a, uh, a qigong set called san hei guai yun, which translates into English the kidney qi unification set. Oh, good. So the idea of this qigong is uh, because we incorporate, uh, we consider ourselves internal martial arts because uh, from our body movement and from the way we use our attacks, the energy, how we draw our energy is similar to Tai Chi or, or uh, Ba Ji or, or Xing Yi. We use the entire body from the ground, our body as a medium to direct a punch and you snap it out. So it's exactly like Bruce Lee says, when you, when you punch is like a metal ball attached with a metal chain, it goes wang, exactly ex as he explained it. So mm -hmm. because we use the energy through our body, and use our, uh, use our fist as a medium. So we will use some of the energy from our organs and from the spine and all that. So uh, after that expulsion or, or, or that emission, uh, we need to bring that and or harness the chi back into our body or into the organs. So this is what the qigong set is for. Right. Okay, so I got, I got many questions. Um, Go ahead. No, that's I'm sure perfect. everybody else does. No, no, no. I, I love it. I, I appreciate um, you giving us kind of, yeah, a quick, well, an overview of how things are, are done in, in your line mm -hmm. there, in your lineage. Um, yeah. So is that how the class is broken down or is that the sequence? Sorry, that's the sequence of training, correct? But like, yes, does everybody do Qigong at the end of class or is that a Qigong training so you can actually instruct the qigong form or like give me a little info on that my sifu would teach qigong as the very last thing in the curriculum i see because that because that's how he he explained that to me as i explained to you just just now mm -hmm. but uh my siso in vancouver master choice he teaches the qigong set separately as like an exercise for whoever needs it because it's like uh, a set of, it, it's similar to a set of stretching exercise with sure. uh, correct breathing tempo and all that, that uh, rejuvenates the muscles as well while yeah. you're doing it. So yeah. uh, it's actually beneficial to people of all age and sizes, yeah. Uh, so basically. Yeah. I guess what I'm asking, w would that be part of the class? Like, would he go over, so you'd say, give me a class breakdown. You kind of do some some exercises. You do some drills. You do maybe your level, 
at at what level you're at and then would you finish with qigong like in a class setting or is that just you wouldn't learn the qigong aspect until like a higher higher level kind of after you've completed basically the the forms and and the so on yeah for for me i uh i haven't learned the qigong set yet so yeah so for for me how my sifu builds his uh curriculum structure is he will teach it at the very last very last stage once you've got all past the the techniques, the dummies, and and and, and all the weapons, and sure. and the all and that, yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Um, because ultimately, my Sifu believes that. Uh, sorry for interrupting. Yeah. No. So he believes that um, Wing Chun is ultimately a, a, a fighting art. So um, the fighting aspect should be emphasized more. So uh, he spends a lot of time doing Tisao um, and off bridge sparring. Okay. So he, he emphasized that more than anything else. So uh, he would put Qigong at the very last thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he just puts it at the very end. And so, he's, so basically he's teaching it so you could take the system and, and then teach it. Is that kind of how he breaks it down then? Because I mean, um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's yeah. Because ultimately everything he passes on, he considered it should be passed on anyways, but it's just that how he... He breaks things down in sequence to, to, to sure. teach. Yeah, sure. So as a junior, we'll go kind of back to. Um, um, so basically, you said your uncle kind of got you into Wing Wing Chun and this specific Samji. Yeah, he did. Okay. And then uh, he is. Uh, uh, sorry, you were going to ask. I know you were big into martial arts, and were you looking for Wing Chun, or I mean, like it just were you looking for something like Wing Chun? Were you looking, what were you looking for, I guess, at, at the beginning stage? Well, when I was in high school uh, in Vancouver, because uh, my, my, that's where my uncle was and, and most of my relatives were, uh, they are still. Uh, my uncle moved, moved to Toronto eventually. A fellow Canadian. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to all the Canadians out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he... He taught me some kickboxing okay. back at when I was in high school, like, like as a means to, you know, not get bullied because I'm Asian. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, uh, funny thing is, um, the, the, that's a side story. Uh, sure. He said the three things that uh, at least anyone should know is how to drive how to fire a gun and how to protect yourself with your fist. So yeah. Awesome uncle for yeah, so sure. He, he, yeah. Um, he is. So he, he first taught me uh, like basic kickboxing, what to do and like the tempo and all that. But um, well, when he was doing other stuff other than Wing Chun, he did, he did Capoeira back in, in, in Vancouver and he mm. did some other type of uh, Wing Chun. Uh, from which lineage I do not remember. Sure. Um, yeah, but I I wasn't really being specific on what I was looking for because uh, mm-hmm. I was focusing on studies and and, and things other things in life. Of back course. At, back at the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, of course. Um, yeah, and it wasn't until uh, he actually was uh, rooted to I would say to this lineage that he, he said, oh, you should be doing this if you were looking into Wing Chun. He, he is also teaching um, my, uh, the Wing Chun of my lineage, Guangzhou Wing Chun in Toronto. 
that's down in uh, STQI in downtown. Okay. So his name is Sifu Ben Ho. So uh, whoever wants to learn or whoever wants to check out my style of Wing Chun, you can go look for him in Toronto, whoever's in that area. I'm sorry, say Sifu? Ben Ho. Sifu Ben Ho out in, yeah. in Toronto. Ben, yeah, down in, down, back in Toronto, yeah. Perfect. So if people are looking for your style, what we've been talking about for most of the episode here, Toronto is a spot or Hong Kong. Yeah, if you're in Asia, you can uh, look me up. Or if you're in Canada, go look for my uncle. Or right. if you're in uh, Vancouver, you can look up Master Choi Sorry, Meng. I'll also give you his name uh, later on, Sean. Awesome. Perfect. I appreciate yeah. that. Thanks for uh, sharing those. Those are uh, great options for uh, different people all over. No worries. So uh, I, I, I have been reading up, as I said, uh, about Wing Chun, uh, mostly with Yip Man book because... That's most the most publications you can find, I guess. Sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Out there, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I I have a basic concept what of, of what Wing Chun is. It's theories. It's suitable for people, or not not people suitable for fighting in in, in very close range. Yeah. And and, and and most people would think uh, conceptualize it as a pe- uh, It's an art that can be used in very tight very limited space mm-hmm. uh, yeah but when I actually got into learning Wing Chun I, I discovered that it's way more than that mm. it's a whole lot it's a whole lot deeper and, and more sophisticated than that yeah that's how I would put it nice nice awesome so okay so um, I'm all over the place so Give me, um, give me a breakdown of your, your, the, the class, like, tell, like, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, I don't know where training is right now. I mean, we're kind of, uh, for people listening to this in the future, we're 2020, uh, COVID, um, yeah. how are things where you're at right now? Are you able to train? Um, no, I haven't been actually in touch with my seafood for, well, except on phone, uh, for, I think a little bit over a month. Yeah. because of the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I do, uh, I'm, I have been actually teaching myself. I have one student right now. Um, oh. Yeah. Nice. And I've been teaching him once every week. So yeah. And he's been doing it for almost uh, nearly two years. Oh, wow. So yeah. Um, yeah. And even though I'm not training my Sifu, you're still in a part of training because you need to mentally or, or, or physically prepare yourself to teach. And, and that's a whole different process because you have to digest what you've learned yeah. and to be able to interpret it in your own words and say it and tell it to somebody else. That's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. No kidding. And that's a whole, whole, whole new self-discovery to what you've been achieving so far. Yeah. And that's the, just the next step. Nice. Nice. Um, so what brought you back to Hong Kong? So can you tell me a little bit, of, a little bit about that? So you were in Vancouver. Um, is that, you didn't find the Wing Chun specifically where you're at right now until you went to Hong Kong? 
Uh, yeah, that's correct. Because uh, as I said, um, high school teenager, you're, you're struggling with life choices, where to, where, which university to go to, or to actually go to university or not. So what to do, uh, what to do, what, what, what subjects to, to take and all that. Yeah. yeah. Or what not to do. Yeah. As you said. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I made the choice of not going to college or university and wait, went back to Hong Kong and actually started, uh, working. Okay. So yeah, uh, it was all life choices and, uh, yeah, spent six years working before I actually met my Sifu through, through my, uh, peers in Vancouver, through, mm. through a connection from my uncle mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, I, t- well, so I don't regret coming back to Hong Kong because otherwise I wouldn't have my met, met, met my Sifu. No, no, that's perfect. And and tell me, like, it seems like it's relatively, I don't want to use the word obscure, but like it, it seems very s- small, would you say, like the organization or the, the lineage that you're in? Or is it fairly popular? Like, and I, I forgive me because this is like, I mean this is the first I've heard about it. I mean, I've seen you posting in, in the group and stuff like that in mm-hmm. different forums mm-hmm. as well. No, not That's at why all. I reached yeah. out and wanted to kind of inquire into it more. Well, um, the reason I've been posting is, um, yeah, because exactly as you say, not a lot of people know about my lineage. Mm-hmm. So, but I, because it's, we've been on a very low profile for so long, even if the, Guangzhou Wing Chun Association has been uh, established since 1989. Still, not a lot of people outside of Guangzhou knows about it. So, I believe we, it, it, it is time, or it, it's way past due time, that the world should know about other lineage other than what there is right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, it, because if, you, if you're not in Hong Kong, you go to Guangzhou, everybody talks about Guangzhou Wing Chun, which is my lineage. So yeah, it it is a big name because ultimately Yun Keisan is one of the big three. Mm-hmm. Keisan, Yip Man, and Yu Choi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna um, that post in the group there. I did have that book. Um, an ex girlfriend actually bought it for me when I first started Wing Chun, and and at that By point, Renee I, Ritchie. Yeah, and I had no idea. So I had no idea about lineages. Uh, like when I started. Um, I've, I've said it many times, some friends of mine were doing it and um, I saw their grading and I was just like, I got to do this. And so I kind of <laughs> jumped into a school that was close to me that they recommended or one of their seafoods recommended. And mm-hmm. from then on, I just trained and just kept on training. So kind of found it or it found me, whatever, however we want to speak to that. Right. But yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did read that book. And I had it for the longest time, and it was definitely a good read because it had some stories of uh, one case on there, um, just different battles or little fights he had. And um, it was, yeah, quite yeah, interesting. That book is more on the history rather than Technique, the actual, right? yeah, the syllabus. Yeah. 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 So. But yeah, it's a, it's a good read for, for Wing Chun lovers. Yeah, I, I do recommend it. it. Go back to Facebook and see what, which book I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the Wing Chun yeah. Talk group. Yeah, it's in there. Um, so, okay. So, can you run me down, say, a typical class? Is that something you'd be open to share, or is that? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's open to share. Yeah. So, um, first of all, uh, it's not 
the environment. Let's talk about that because it's not a typical dojo or gun that you would go to. As I said earlier, because we are on a very low profile, we do not uh, have an actual school. Where we go to learn is actually my Sifu's place, my Sifu's apartment. Okay. And in his apartment, he has a wooden dummy as well as the uh, the uh, the long pole and the double blades and all that. And funny enough, uh, my Sifu moved uh, in September last year. Before that, he was actually living on a rooftop mm. in Hong Kong. Mm. So uh, for those uh, really traditional martial arts fanatics out there, yes, we do train on rooftops. Yeah, right on. Yeah, those school rooftop battles. And I'm sure... Uh, if you see, if you anyone could recall an episode on uh, Fight Quest where they actually fight on uh, the, the two show hosts fought, fought on a rooftop. Yes, we do train on rooftops. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, because we go to his apartment to train, there is no specific time duration. Okay. We normally spend three, four hours there. Because we do eventually have dinner there as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, our our Simo would also cook and, and, and stop halfway between training. So we would eat and after training, uh, after eating, we will, we will continue our training. So yeah, what happens during a training is we go there, we do a little bit of stretching. So uh, if we're not a beginner, we, we would first start warm up with the basic punches because that loosens up the spine. And loosen up all the joints that are, or the major joints, as I said in the article, uh, for in order for what happens next. So uh, then we would do we would do our forms sequentially, Okay. And then um, Sifu would come in and correct any mistakes he sees. And then it, when, once we get past that, we would eventually, okay, I'll, I'll skip the dinner part, okay? Sure, so, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, after the forms, we would move on to the separate sansic drills. So like, you know, the basic bong sao, you call it bong sao lap sao, we call it something else, bong sao kwai chai, because this is a kwai chai. Like a back test, sort, mo- sort of motion it, like a back test? To- to us, a back fist is like uh, the Bruce Lee one, where it goes hor- uh, horizontally, a, a horizontal snap. Okay. Ours, uh, what we do, which is similar to what every lineage does, that the vertical one okay. is called a kuai chai. Okay. And I think other other Chinese martial arts have that term as well. Okay. Yeah. So we call it bong sao kuai chai. And, okay. And like you know the variations of like tan da and you call it kuan sao, we call it the bun tan bong because that's a, essentially what it is, a half tan and a half bong. Oh, we, yeah, I call it bon, bon tan or tan. Yeah, bon tan? Yeah. yeah. A bun tan bong. Oh, bun tan bong. Yeah, bun tan bong. Bun means half. Oh, okay. Yeah, so half tan and half bong. So bun tan bong. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we do that and, and, and variations of... Uh, uh, the bong sao applications, the hook style, and, and you know the pak sao, pak da drills, and all that, mm-hmm. and incorporating into the movement, uh, footwork, and all that, and yeah, and yes, we do have kicks, but we never kick anywhere above the waist. Yeah, 
Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I'm six two. There's no point lifting my legs higher than my waist because I'll, I'll ultimately be taken down anyways. So. Right. 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 Yeah, and yeah, and then we will move on to the wooden dummy, and uh, yeah, we will train the wooden dummy form over and over again, and then mm -hmm. our seafood. Um, uh, stop us like halfway or, or once we finish and start training the, the, the techniques from the, the wooden dummy drill, uh, the wooden dummy form and, and break it into uh, separate drills. Oh, nice. And then, yeah, and we will move on to the, the poles. And we break down the, the pole form into two separate bits. The one bit is the actual hold the entire routine. Okay. And the other part is where we just trained the the lift, the sink, and the spear right. in the back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So uh, that part is the basic part of the pole form, and that is how uh, to train us to use the entire body as uh, a projectile. Hmm. We, we call it because we focus uh, the, the body mass onto the tip of the pole as we send it out oh, I see. And, when we bring, and when we bring it back. Ah. So, of course, nowadays we don't have a, 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 a six-foot pole to, 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 to carry around anywhere. But in actual combat, the application is how you would project your body mass into the opponent or bringing it to you. Okay. Yeah. And then the double blades and we would train the double blades with blades and without because everybody knows the empty hand forms are essentially the blades. Hmm. And we do, and, and we do a lot of trapping exercise. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's not, so you cover everything. And if, if, if people are at different levels, then obviously they just cover up what they know and then they keep drilling those. So um, I just want to, I kind of want to jump in here because in our club or how, you know, it's not specific. I don't think it's line specific, but we, um, we get a sprinkling of the dummy shortly after we learn the basic hand, uh, Bonsal, Tonsal, Fook, um, maybe the Ton does, like some of those things. Then we um, then we're able to do those on the wooden dummy, not regularly, but you could you could just kind of get it sprinkled in from kind of beginner to kind of get used to working on the dummy. Is that something you guys do, or do you wait to hit the dummy and learn the dummy form later on? We do that too because the emphasis is uh, we will not always have a training partner. Other yeah. than Sifu, of course. Sure. So we need to be able to execute the techniques at the correct angle and facing with the correct structure. Hmm. So we would train even the simplest things, like an act, a, a very simple tansal. Once we learn that, we we will actually we will learn how to do it without any training partner, without the Sifu. We would do it with a training partner, a live training partner. Mm -hmm. And we would do it onto the dummy. So whenever we're there without any si hang or si dai, we would just go 
like that. So you're just doing tan on air. Just tan yep. out, just plain tan with no partner. And then we will move on to do it on the dummy to see if our landing points are correct. Because um, to us, a tan is a two point contact. Hmm. By that, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, two point contact. It's oh. the back of your palm, the back of your palm will also touch the opponent's arm oh. somewhere along the, the opponent's arm because the, the angle where your arm, your palm, and your forearm makes is an actual lock. Okay. And where, where we land our tanzo is right at the, uh, the, the bend of the elbow. Mm. And that lock supposedly locks the, the opponent's arm. So we have to train intricate things like that, like uh, specific angles in, in your body structure to, to make it efficient. Mm. Mm. Interesting, yeah. Um, so uh, I understand a lot of times out is just a plain flat palm. We that to, to us it to us is a little bit more intricate than that. Yeah, yeah. I was I it's noticing the little the the bend versus straight. So mm. um, is that one of the major differences? Say like with, I mean, other than <laughs> sorry, there's there's quite a few differences, but I mean like technique wise, um, because not everybody we'll be able to see, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of do an audio here and maybe some people will see some of the video, but uh, um, like a bonsau is a bonsau for you guys. The tonsau, I saw the wrist. Do you mm -hmm. bend the wrist on the bond as well or just the tonsau? Okay, uh, that's a very good question. For us, our bonsau, structure-wise is almost the same, but um, we will always point our forearm out into the opponent rather than just at the 90 degrees, 90 degrees. We would always have it larger than 90 degrees. Yeah. With, if I'm doing it sideways, yeah, let's yeah. see, for, just for you or who, who, whoever can see this. Yeah. It's always 135 degrees okay. because we extend it, we extend it a, a 45 degrees more out to the opponent. Yeah. We're there as well. Yeah. I yeah. Because we, for us, we believe that's the most efficient way to, to dissolve or to, to redirect the energy. And we will always have our palm rather than straight. Okay. We will always have our palm pointing to the opponent. That way, we will be touching his arm. Okay. So it's always half a beat. To us, it's always half a beat faster because... By that, we, when, when we have our palm touching the opponent's arm, if he tries to move or change and, into any other techniques, we would know firsthand because our hand is already there. Mm. And we would react to that. Mm. So, mm. yeah, we, to us, we, we focus more on these uh, intricacies on angles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And you were saying um, the differences between my lineage and most commonly known lineages. Uh, as I said earlier, we consider ourselves an internal martial arts mm -hmm. because we have a, a, a fucking incorporate, uh, incorporated into it, like energy emission. So uh, the idea is um, rather than doing chain punches, we do practice chain punching, but it, the purpose is not to, to hit 2,000 punches in two seconds. Okay. To us, that's a wrong conception. Sure. Um, 
for us, the chain punching is to train the speed where you change the, uh, the technique. It's about tempo and, uh, and pace okay. rather than to use that as an actual weapon. Explain that a little bit to me. Okay, so um, we do chain punching. So I'm doing chain punching in front of the camera. Sure. I do, I, I do it at a certain speed. Yeah. That helps me to change into, if, if, the pun, if the punch doesn't work, it helps me to change into another technique. Okay. That chain punch, the speed derived from chain punching helps you change into another technique. Okay, just when your it's, quickness. When it's blocked. I yeah, see. It's a quickness yeah, um, rather than an uh, actual uh, application. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, so in that sense, when we incorporate fat gang into, into our punch, it's more like uh, hammering a nail into a wall. You go bang, bang, bang into the, into the opponent's core. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And essentially to us, fighting is, uh, and, and applying these techniques and skills into combat is what it is. You are how, how to use your techniques to move the opponent by its mass. Mm. We don't just we don't just do trapping for trapping. We are trying to move the person by trapping. Trapping is medium. Oh yeah. So we are always attacking the body mass. Oh. That's what we focus on. Nice. So uh, something that we have, which is I believe, I'm not sure everybody has it, is the wooden dummy that we use is made from a very heavy wood a very heavy wood type i forgot which uh, I, I think it's mahogany i'm mm. not sure but it's a heavy very heavy wood because when we actually uh exert our force into the dummy we actually uh it's first of all it's a spring-based dummy there's a, a four springs attached at the bottom okay. so it bounces it bounces back okay yeah so that to give you a little bit more specifications. So yes, the spring dummy is uh, the, the it's a spring-based dummy. So when we practice our forms and, and use our techniques, uh, it's Basically. more focused on making the, the 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 dummy bounce rather than just doing your techniques on a dummy. So you're manipulating the weight of the dummy and you're kind of moving it and seeing how it reacts, sort of with as you're applying techniques, I suppose. Yes, it is, because ultimately that's what you're doing to a life enemy or a training partner. Uh, it's interesting because I have a freestanding dummy mm -hmm. and I was always trying to get it more solid, like so it doesn't move, because it actually, I'm moving it around, which is great in the sense that I have to kind of follow it or I move it and I change the, the angles, which is a great, training tool as well um, but I wanted I wanted it stationary and I kept putting different weights on and finally I moved it out to the garage and I I um, what is it I fix it to to some studs at the top so now it doesn't move hardly have at all. It, now it I'm had, just, you have it mounted uh, basically yeah so now I'm just um, kind of there's no real give anymore so. Yeah, but it, it, if you think of Newton's third law in physics, uh, every every action has an equal and opposite reaction on the same plane, or, or on the same trajectory. If you have the dummy mounted, fixed on, on on a wall or whatever, so it doesn't move, when you do a technique or when you exert 
your force through whichever angle, that energy goes back into you and that's harmful. Mm. Even if you're moving with your footwork, it's still harmful because it bounces back into you. Mm. And that shouldn't happen because you want all your force into the dummy or training partner or the enemy whatsoever. So you should let the dummy move or mm. bounce or whatever you call it. Mm. So when you have the dummy bouncing or recoiling, it's you that should be manipulating through your body alignment, your facing, your footwork to dissolve that recoiling energy back into you and change it into something else. I, I don't think, I don't think I've seen, I've seen spring based dummies, but I haven't seen them move. I'll have to, I'll have to Google that. I'm sure there's some videos out there that I can uh, check. Cause I was, I've, I've seen the, the base of them and mine's just mm -hmm. like a, a solid base plate, right? Like three quarter inch and then, piping or whatever and to hold the hold the wood in or the, the body um but yeah i always thought that was a pain because i do like <laughs> double hands and it would slide it's just like oh that makes total makes sense oh, it, 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 it's a catastrophe for those who, 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 who are trying to get it at the first stage <laughs> i would think well it, yeah yeah i just it's like stop moving but yeah it makes sense i mean kind of move it around and manipulate it that's great that's uh yeah interesting you say that thing. a little light bulb moment yeah. But, yeah. yeah it's momentum mostly it's all about momentum yeah mm -hmm. using body weight and the applying the body mass yours and the opponents mm -hmm. okay so cool. the wind dummies yeah so basically you start the dummy from the beginning just you won't learn the form until later on because it can be used as a training tool is that what you're saying? Yeah, we, yes, it's part of the training tool. It, we, we practice our, our structure, our angles, our facing before actually getting into the wooden dummy form at a later stage. Nice. And uh, speaking of training tools, which I didn't mention earlier, uh, at the fundamental stage, after uh, learning the four basic punches, we have something called, uh, uh, we have different training tools, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, so for those who don't, uh, for those who have read my article about my lineage, you would know, um, it's four tools that we use to develop four different characteristics of our system. So the first thing is we use candles, mm. punching out a candle, mm. uh, punching out a lit candle, sorry. Yeah. That trains, trains your accuracy. Oh. And then the second thing we train is a rattan ring. I was going to ask would, if you, yeah, if you use that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we do. That's the second thing. Uh, the rattan ring, it's helped us to, to get into our structures so that we will always have our wusao together with whatever technique in front we use. Mm. And at certain specific angles or tightness or closeness to your body. That for those who aren't, who aren't reading, uh, who can see is, uh, who can't see the camera is um, having my structure at different ranges, close to my body, middle and out and all Other that. Way. Yeah. Okay. Perfect, thank you. Yeah. So the third tool we use is uh, a Chinese calendar, which can be ripped off. Um, it, you can Google that what it is. And for those who don't have one, uh, you can use a yellow page. Oh. Or, or, or an old dictionary or an old encyclopedia, just rip off the hard, hard cover. What it is, is we train the uh, energy penetration. So by how much would you punch into the 
to, to the book or the encyclopedia, whatever it is, you punch it, supposedly the book will wrinkle. Mm. The more the 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 more developed or the the more the more loose joints are, the more your energy can penetrate into the book. And so meaning the more pages can be ripped off by one punch. So would that be that be the equivalent of uh, like a wall bag or something similar? Yes, that's correct. But, um, but one thing that we do we do not we do not suggest having a wall bag is it bounces. Oh, yeah. So it it, it dissolves your energy while as it bounces. So it it it, it kind of ruins the purpose. That's how we see it, anyways. Okay. So your your encyclopedia or your book basically kind of absorbs your force is that none yeah yeah because it, it doesn't bounce back or it doesn't recoil so mm. all the energy you hit goes into the book the dictionary whatever it is and what the pages explain to me the pages rip off or like they will rip off over time or how how, how they will it? rip off over time yeah, yeah okay well first of all is they will wrinkle because you punch into it yeah, yeah. and the, the the more you punch the the, the, the more loose your body is and, and or, or the more energy you emit to it ultimately will lead to the pages being ripped off oh cool yeah interesting yeah, so that 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 is a, a, a sign of progression oh how many pages gets ripped off means how deep your your penetration goes oh okay okay yeah so, so we candles, have the, so rattan ring. Candles, the rattan ring, and we have the um, uh, the encyclopedia, the, the Chinese calendar, whatever you call it. Yeah. Sure. So these are some of the things that we have. Nice. That uh, uh, also we have a uh, something that we have to train uh, our gripping, because ultimately you do a lap saw, which is which involves grabbing a person's arm. And we have certain a, a specific tool that we have to to strengthen our gripping power, okay. the gripping strength. Uh, we get a bunch of chopsticks, and we tie it up with a bunch of uh, elastic bands. Okay. So what we do is we twist them up, oh. and we twist them down into a lap saw. Okay. And the, the 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 key thing is we only tighten our grip at the top. And at the bottom. Oh, nice. Because supposedly halfway in between is the traver the, 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 the traveling period, which doesn't re require as much strength as on top or as bottom. Yeah. Because that's where you control the joint. Yeah. Nice. And uh, I believe that's something not available in other lineages. I've never that's heard. That's what makes our style. Yeah, that's what makes our style unique. Is yeah. these four training tools. Yeah, I mean, I have seen the candle, not in. I haven't seen it in like schools or clubs using mm -hmm. it. I haven't heard it as a training tool. I've seen it, you know, you know, people. And basically, you're just trying to blow that lit candle out. With um, or what do you? Yeah, explain it. Explain how my seafood? Yeah. Yeah, sure. How my Sifu explain it is it's a little bit different to what we would think. We would normally think, oh, punching out a candle is easy. Just keep hitting at it. But um, my Sifu explain it as it blowing it out with your punch is a byproduct. The main priority is to make the flame move 
uh, as you're punching. So oh. you punch, you punch the flame, it goes that. Yeah. And when you withdraw your punch, it goes the other way. Oh, okay. So you're pushing and then you pull it. The flame is yep. the basic idea of okay, the principle or the, the um, yeah. And uh, we would do it like uh, a, a one foot away from the candle. Once we get that down, we we would move another step back and another okay. step back and another step back because that's how you would loosen up your joints in order to incorporate that energy to travel that far to hit to, to blow the candle. Mm. Interesting. Because he explains it at, as this, um, your punch will not be effective if it's all over the place like a shotgun. You should always train your punch like every single shot fired from a, uh, from a Beretta. Mm -hmm. Sharp and piercing, like something. Sharp and piercing, yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. Cool. That's so cool. Huh. Um, awesome. So rattan ring, I've seen them as well. Um, yeah, that's something that most lineage have. And it, like they're, it, it's they're available. serves the same. Yeah, yeah I just, uh, I got one. My sister gave me one for a gift and I was just like, I haven't used these. I'm not sure how to use it. So I feel so bad. I uh, <laughs> um, didn't use it. So uh, um, it's okay, cool. And then um, awesome. So Salem Tao, probably fairly similar. There are not much differences or are there uh, like, it's, it's hard to say. Cause I mean, there's always differences even from like the, a lineage to a lineage, but just depending on, who's the Sifu or mm -hmm. what's added or what's slightly changed. And, um, but for the most part, would it be fairly similar? I would say 90, 90% similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you go on YouTube and look under some Ji Wing Chun, that's S U M J E E Wing Chun. Yeah. Uh, you would actually see a video of me doing uh, our version of the psyllium tau. Oh, so, uh, nice. what's the what's the major difference is um, I believe other than having fucking into every every form we have. Okay, explain uh, a little bit. That, Can you explain a little bit of the fucking? I'm pronouncing it wrong. Fa. Yeah, fucking or fajing in Mandarin, fucking yeah. in Cantonese is literally energy emission. Right. Okay, so it's how to propel um, the energy you draw from the ground through at least seven major joints in your body, your ankles, your knees, your hip, your spine, your shoulder, your elbow, your, your wrist into your punch. That's what, that's what makes the candle blow out even at a very far range. It's sort of like a Hadouken or a Hamehameha without a very big glossy effect. Right, 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 right. Okay, let's put it in a very funny way. Yeah, sure. so um, in actual combat, it's the, it's the snap you see in, in, in Bruce Lee's one-inch punch. Hmm. But obviously, we do it with a, a less dramatic effect. It's sort of like a bullet going through the body. Yeah. That's the most simplest way to say it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, go back to what I was saying about our difference in, in psyllium tau. Is, yeah, sorry um, about yeah. that. That's okay. That's okay. 
Um, I believe most Yip Man lineage have the sub D cell in the beauty form. The, the up and down with the wrist and the sideways of the wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we have that in the very beginning of our ceiling tail. Okay, okay. Because there's a reason for that is, as I mentioned earlier, our, we say ceiling tail as ceiling tail because its meaning is the beginning of our training. So what that is is once we have our yijikinyama or our stance positioned, body adjusted. The next thing is how to maximize the movement or the range of motion of your joints. And that's what the sub is for, to maximize the range of motion on your wrist. Mm. That's why it's the first thing in our ceiling tower. Maximize the range on your wrist? Yes. Okay. So what, uh, Okay, obviously for demonstration purpose, if you see that video on YouTube that I mentioned, yeah, my subtitle, to, it, the, totally the range of motion is a little bit smaller, but when we actually practice at Sifu's place or when we're training on our own, we would actually go all the way up to our eyebrow. Oh. We would actually go all the way up to our eyebrow, okay. lower it all the way to our belly button. Okay. And, and then opening our palms towards our shoulders and bringing oh. it back. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. to maximize the range of motion on your wrist. Okay, cool. Because ultimately that's what it is. Because if you do, uh, let's say, for example, if you block somebody's punch with a tansal and then you move in to a punch from the tansal with the same hand, that helps you. Because if you're not facing the opponent from straight on, you're doing it offside, that's what you need to do that snap with your wrist. Okay. Okay, follow you now. And that's one very key thing on our system is that because my, I think I said this somewhere on, on, on forums, on, on, on the Facebook groups, that because my Sifu and his Sifu before him and even his before that are all people that are very small. My Sifu is, I think, five, six or five, seven and, mm. and a very screeny, scrawny guy. Yeah. There's no way he's going to be standing straight in front of me and take my punches. And to him or their interpretation of Wing Chun is always how to maximize uh, their body weight or their, to, to maximize their, the, the use of their body size so yeah. they will never have somebody straight on. Yeah. They will always deflect, dissolve at an angle. Mm. That's what their style is mo mostly about. So, even for somebody that's my size, as I say, I'm 6'2", I can still incorporate that. Right. Because ultimately, I would interpret Wing Chun is using the least amount of effort to achieve the maximum result. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if I'm, always, if I'm always standing at an angle from, from your attacks, I would need... Uh, I, I will only need to exert a minimum or, or, or a very little amount of force to deflect or to block you. Mm. But if I have that, if I have that opening from where I'm standing and I could give you a major damage, then that's my maximum result. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's great to uh, kind of get a rundown and, uh, 
breakdown of how things are run in, yep. in, your, in your line there. Anything else you want to kind of explain? Um, I got a couple, a few other questions, but I mean, if you got something else you want to talk about training or um, some similarities, differences, or mm, differences, uh, I believe our obviously our dumb, wooden dummy form and our weapons form are very different from most commonly known Yitman lineage. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I believe Yipman lineage has, uh, I think, one, 108 moves. Mm. Uh, we don't actually keep count, but uh, it, it's not, it's totally different. Oh, really? In, in, in terms of number of moves or in terms of the actual moves themselves, it, it's totally different. Uh, I can have, I, I will eventually, actually, I was going to show, uh, post a link on our, our version of the wooden dummy on all the Facebook groups that I'm in. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'll keep that as a secret for now, but that's no longer a secret. So uh, stay tuned for that. <laughs> stay tuned. Perfect. I look forward yeah. to it. Alexander. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, I'll just give you a heads up. I think that the video I saw on YouTube was actually a very old vintage black and white clip. So anyway. Oh, really? Okay. So there's yeah. some out there, but stay tuned for, uh, might, might see something from you coming up in the, yeah. in the future. Yeah. Perfect something something that i'm about to share this week so yeah awesome uh, cool. yeah I, and then our pole form and our double blades are different okay. uh, because uh, i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say this because uh yip man developed his blade forms after he moved to hong kong that's how that's what we know so it's different from what was what we have been teaching or what we have been been passing down from, uh, from from when, from our ancestors from Guangzhou, our predecessors, sorry. Yeah, so therefore the, the, the actual techniques in the blade form are different. Okay. Yeah, so is the pole form. Okay. So basically the first few three forms, pretty pretty similar, pretty pretty much minor differences, but Big because difference. Uh, I've been I've been into a few uh, open events in in Hong Kong, like martial arts styles events, uh, like dinner gatherings and all that. I, I I've seen quite a few still in Tao Chang from Yimen lineage. Uh, it's technique wise, it's very very similar. Sure. It's just that they don't have our 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 fighting or our energy emission into it. And like I said, we have the sub in, in the beginning of our Silicon form. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Awesome. Um, Next question. <laughs> yes. Let's move on. Um, Keep shooting. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say there? So, okay. So you're getting close to the Qigong stage of training yeah. or you're part of getting into it, in it. What, what, how would you say that? Uh, I've seen my Sifu doing it. Uh, he, he showed it to me a couple of times, but I just never, I, I think I'm not ready yet. So I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. not there. No. Okay. No, yeah. that's, that's good. Um, so what is your plan in the, in the near future there, Alexander there? Like, are you... Are you well, uh, can, uh, I mean, you want to share, you're sharing, you know, the story, you're sharing your lineage. Are you hoping it'll grow more? Are you, um, what, 
like your article. Okay, so, so personally, uh, I'm still training with my Sifu and I'm teaching. Uh, but obviously, I think this is a common goal for everybody is that we hope that this COVID-19 thing gets over very quickly so we can all go back to our training. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we can do our seminars and we can do our, our open classes and whatsoever. Yeah, so uh, actually, uh, ever uh, I have been having this idea of setting up an international seminar sort of thing it's cool. still an idea because uh, it, it, it got delayed because of the COVID-19 thing but mm-hmm. uh, having a seminar to talk about my lineage and have some people come over and experience what, what our style is like I've been wanting to do that for, for, for quite some time now so yeah and because that doesn't didn't, didn't work out because of the COVID-19 that's why I switched to doing what I'm doing right now on Facebook yeah yeah, so to, to get everybody know, like to sort of putting ourselves on the on the global map, so people sure. know us. We're here. Yeah, we're here. Hi. <laughs> hello. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. No, that that's we awesome. exist. Yeah, yeah we no. exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So if if or when this COVID nineteen thing is over, yeah, I'm just figuring out how to get this seminar thing going. Mm. Uh, yeah, either I will uh, I'll travel to wherever you are or whoever's interested, or, or, or mm-hmm. if you all decided to come to the holy land of Wing Chun to, to Hong Kong or or, or to, to to Guangzhou, or, yeah, because uh, yeah. it ultimately that my lineage started from Guangzhou. So, uh, what more? No, there's no reason not to go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and currently, um, yeah, this is what I'm doing so uh, for now. And uh, there's this um, uh, security guard training organization that try that wants to uh, incorporate Wing Chun to their training techniques, and they recently just reached out to me. So uh, that's a, a second thing I'm working on right now. Excellent. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, so uh, I know that uh, there's the Duncan lineage that incorporates their their syllabus to, to the Marines, to the soldiers, and I think there's, I forgot whose lineage that uh, that's teaching police officers in the state. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's a great honor to have uh, our style or, or our martial arts incorporated into to, to actual professional work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to keep me keep me posted on that. Let me know how that pans out. I'd love to hear uh, more about yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. Um so typically we're in we're getting ready to wrap up. Um again, appreciate you being here. Um sharing Thanks your for having me. Yeah, no Pleasure's sharing, mine. Yeah, sharing your story and then definitely lots about uh um your system, your your lineage there. What could you recommend as a tip for you know our our listeners? And it can be it can be super specific or fairly general. You could break it down into a beginner, an intermediate, and advanced, or I mean just a, a general tip for anybody training. Uh, 
I saw this question that was posted in one of the, the Facebook groups is uh, uh, very similar to what you're asking right now. So uh, it's something that I've been telling myself, my friends, whoever wants to know in Chun, or even I'm telling it to my student right now is if you want to improve and progress further and, and, and go beyond your current level, the first thing you know, you have to know, is no Wing Chun. Mm. That I mean, you have to know the theories, the philosophy behind every technique, the techniques themselves, the rules of engagement, because that's ultimately that helps you uh, apply your skills in, in, in actual combat situations, whether it's in a with a training partner or you're using it to protect yourself or, or, or whatnot. So you have to know Wing Chun. Second thing is you have to know yourself, mm. uh, your strengths, your weaknesses, your preferences, what you like, what you don't like. Not just about Wing Chun, about anything. Mm. Because mm. if you've discovered this second point, you can move on to the third, which is you can know how to have Wing Chun best suit you. Mm. So know these three things, and then keep practicing. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Not just with anybody, not just within your school, not just with people of your same size. Go try your skills out with people of different sizes, bigger than you, smaller than you. Even try it with a kid. Hmm. A kid in your school, of course, that knows Wing Chun, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. yeah, obviously. Don't just beat up a random kid in the street. No. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, try your skills with different sizes, different ages, because how you use your skills will vary depending on the opponent's body size. And ultimately, yes, train with other, uh, practice your skill with other styles, mm. because that, that breaks the boundary that Wing Chun doesn't work. Right. Because I believe Wing Chun works in all situations. It could work in an MMA environment. It could work in this because it works in the street. But obviously the rules are different as Bruce Lee puts it. If you have gloves on, if you have regulations, the whole thing changes. But it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Right. Perfect. Yeah. So go out, try your stuff. Love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Those are some, yeah, so it's great. Great, uh, great tips. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing those. One, uh, one last one. If people want to if people want to get a hold of you, how, mm -hmm. how would people get a hold of, um, how would they get a hold of you, Alexander Lee? Uh, through your channel. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, through your, through your Facebook group, Wing Chun Talk. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Perfect. So, uh, uh, my Facebook is Alex Space Xander. Uh, if those on your on your forum will know who I am, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you can get a hold of me, mm -hmm. or you can uh, find me, or uh, you can actually email me, or yeah, uh, I can send you my email. Sure, uh, Sean, uh, yeah. in, a, in a short while. So uh, for those who are listening, it's Alex dot S U M J E E at gmail.com. Perfect. 
So feel free to shoot questions, ask about lineage, ask yeah. about anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're interested in, yeah? Just no, reach out. Awesome. So for those who, for those who, who didn't catch that, uh, I will post, uh, I will send Sean my email and he will post it out. Totally. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing with us and, and me and, you know, my listeners. I, yeah, I, I, it's all I, for Wing Chun. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, without further ado, I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to Wing Chun Talk Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone you know who will also enjoy it. If you haven't already, make sure to follow or subscribe to catch all upcoming episodes.